I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The Great Mystics. Was that wrong? No, I was wrong. Oh, honestly. <laughs> I just get really excited and want to talk. <laughs> well, especially because I feel like we, we were like hitting it hard in October, right? We were doing this, mm-hmm. I felt like, literally every day. Yeah. But we've been back to our normal routine, so it's like I'm excited to do it. Exactly. I'm kind of in the same way, like feeling pretty good about, you know, doing this less than what normal podcasters do <laughs> no see you keep saying that but it's like this is just us so we yeah. we can only we have to know our limits right like exactly and i feel like we overdid it in october for sure <laughs> <laughs> well we'll do it once a year um in october and then we will take our step back and do our normal stuff <laughs> yeah but maybe next year we'll actually be like prepared i don't know maybe i'll uh, for once like do research if I get a wild of hair of my ass, yeah, right, ahead of time. Well, and friends, um, speaking of research ahead of time, we are going to take a break from Jack the Ripper this week because there's big news. So my research was done in like 30 minutes. <laughs> big news. That just goes to show you that we are professional yeah. podcasters. We're so good at this. Meaning, and I say we, do. You. you did the research. I'm here for the ride. We can do research at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Hell yeah. We are so relevant. I feel like... I feel like there should be like beep beep breaking news, like beep beep, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You do the editing, so if you can find something. <laughs> okay. And I don't know if trend is like a good word to say, um, but it is everywhere, and so we decided we wanted to pay respects to this case and talk about it uh, because it's huge, huge news, and it's a huge deal. Right, a huge update in a mm. cold case that. I, th- I saw it described as like America's little boy. Like, yeah, this is a huge cold case. So, yeah. So th- what we're talking about, if you don't already know, um, is that the boy in the box, which I will be explaining what that is, um, okay. what that means if you don't know. Um, but be, uh, it's pretty much a cold case from 1957. Um, DNA has been found and they the police will actually be releasing um, this little boy's name. I, this is coming out on Thursday and it said sometime either that week that this is coming out. So this upcoming week or the week after uh, the police will be announcing who this little boy is. So from 1957, we didn't know who he was and we get to find out this week or next. That's pretty amazing. And I want to just say, uh, hopefully this gets released on, on time, you know, as <laughs> scheduled, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm, I'm a human. Nobody's yeah. perfect. So um, <laughs> it just might not happen. And that's fine. <laughs> well, and Leslie, you also did not feel good yesterday. So, uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're, so, you know, a little grace, it's cold and flu season, um, but we want to. And it's such a bad year. Yeah. It's just been awful. Yeah, so we will, our goal will be to have this come out on time or we'll push it a week and everyone will be happy about it. <laughs> Period. Yeah, period. <laughs> We're not giving you any other options. <laughs> yeah. And also, and you it. can re-listen to our other stuff, our old stuff, you know, hear how far we've come or not come with our technology issues. <laughs> oh, I feel like our podcasts have improved. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe not. Well, I, I mean, losing audio. Also, I kind of screwed us over with using my absolutes that I try not to use. And I'm like, we never lose audio. And then we lost audio. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. It was just me. It's fine. Yeah. So the thing with me, like I work in an IT job. It's a fucking joke that the job that I actually get paid is is technically IT. Yeah. But it's so complicated. And I'm like the type of person that if I don't know it at the time, I'm going to figure it Mm -hmm. out eventually. You know, so it's just a work in progress. (laughs) We're always learning. I don't think we'll ever (laughs) stop saying that. (laughs) And what's awesome, too, is then you got to hear Leslie's husband, Robbie, and I had to literally (laughs) call last week and after I listened to it because I was out of town um and so I listened to it on my drive in and I had to give Robbie such amazing mad props because it was so (laughs) fun like you told me you know not to 
get his head any bigger but like he's so funny and he literally has to say like four words <laughs> yeah he's a trooper but you know and i t- what i explained to amber the best way to describe it he's just a gryffindor yeah like if you know you yeah. know yeah so he's definitely um funny and he had fun um and he's yeah he did. convincing my husband that they should get together and just record themselves talking <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. love that. So, you know, another off the beaten path will convince my husband to record and him and Robbie will just sit around and probably just make fun of us. That's probably yeah, what they're going to do. Shoot the shit or talk about, about like, you know, big breaks in the case. That would be so funny if we oh, made yeah. them do like our big updates because there have been yeah. a lot of really relevant yeah. like true crime things going on. Which actually, um, I know we're on a time crunch, but um, I just... Something that we didn't discuss but did occur um, since our last episode <clears throat> was the Colorado Springs shooting yes. um, at Club Q. Yes. And uh, it was so, you know, this is something that is heartbreaking um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just a tragedy. And I think Amber and I, I can only speak for myself, but I think Amber maybe I would agree. Neither of us are the greatest at social media. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, we didn't post anything about it at it in real time. And that's just, I don't know. It's a personality trip flaw. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, de- does definitely, oh my God, I'm Rain Man here. It definitely doesn't lessen mm-hmm. the importance of it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Amber, can we really quick say their names? Of course. Um, no, you're okay. Well, and I really appreciated too. Um, I saw a press release of, I think it was the chief of that area. And he uh, made a point to say he was using preferred pronouns which is amazing oh my you know what and it's funny i when i watched that video it's not funny um when i watched that press conference i sobbed literally Mm -hmm. cried and it's like this is basic decency but but it's a big deal it just felt and it felt so genuine it It really he really i it was lovely um we want to take some time to remember the victims who lost their life on november 20th in the club q shooting in colorado springs colorado Raymond Green Vance, Kelly Loving, Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, and Ashley Paw. So definitely very important. And I think we should maybe, uh, I'll, here's my reminder, post their, maybe their photos mm-hmm. on our stories the day that we release this. But yeah. um, anyway, that's all I just wanted to mention. It's Yeah. Well, and too, I think it's also a big shout out. And I don't know the names, um, so maybe we can add this in the post. But the uh two, wasn't it two people who stopped the gunman yeah it was like a dad mm-hmm. right and well and then he basically convinced everyone else to just kind of beat beat the shit out of the yes. fucking out of them you yeah. know i don't know their names mm-hmm. um, and i don't really think we should say their name no. either but um no. yeah yeah so good sh- big shout out for the people who came together because what is a horrible tragedy could have been an even bigger tragedy, um, something like what happened in Florida a couple years ago. So definitely um, our thoughts and prayers with the family and our world's just got to get better. And unfortunately, I don't think we're in a space where that's going to be happening, but any act of kindness that you can do makes it a little bit better um, for someone in your life. So try to outweigh the negative and just be as positive as possible So in times like this absolutely mm-hmm. i will say i lately have seen this like um it's been all over my tiktok that uh they finally spotted a white buffalo and i guess this there's this huge prophecy for indigenous people mm-hmm. that the white buffalo it will bring basically a reset to to earth oh and it's God. like a big and so i'm um, that's basically is what's getting me through <laughs> the rest of the year i'm just praying for this white buffalo i'm really hoping oh that oh my gosh we need a hard reset like yes you know like something we need something (laughs) we need fucking something our world is rough right now and like we need we need something better (laughs) i know our planet is just breaks my heart yeah so um yeah so just in in time uh do something positive bring some positivity uh around you and the people in your life and hopefully we can counteract these horrible negative things that these evil people continue to do definitely be the kindness or be the, you know, be the change you want to be in the world. Yes. Love, always, I've always loved that quote, even though it wasn't Gandhi, like, pretty problematic and kind of like a fucking yeah. sexual predator. I mean. Anyway. <laughs> he did some nice things and some bad things. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just like everyone else, God, you just, 
actually i've just come to terms that like my entire like public education on historical events have just has oh, just it's basically trash. it's just been propaganda yeah, <laughs> so it's trash yeah. we know nothing <laughs> anyway okay so let's get into it i'm really excited the boy in the box the boy in the box so um leslie did i tell you where we're going on the map today <laughs> you, i think you did let's see if i remember uh i think today explorers we are going to philadelphia correct so i did do it Woohoo. <laughs> the one percent of my job that i had to do <laughs> <laughs> so we are so um this is like you said uh is looked as America's unknown boy and it's one of the biggest mysteries um in Philadelphia but probably in America as well yeah I'm excited sorry I mean I don't know the details but I mean like I feel like everyone knows of this case you mm -hmm. know yeah I mean there definitely have been some documentaries and podcasts done in the past about the boy in the box but like I said because of what came out and I'll be reading a press release as well um it's really uh interesting uh where this case is gonna go so this was a mystery that uh started in philadelphia on february 23rd 1957 um there was a college student who parked his car off of and i i'm gonna butcher this <laughs> um susquehanna wow okay s-u-s-q-u-e-h-a-n-n-a -N -N uh road and he began to cross a uh, vacant lot um, in some rain. Now, this man is unnamed, um, and unfortunately, he was crossing this vacant lot to go be a peeping Tom on some Catholic schoolgirls. Gross. Uh, um, but on his way to peeping, um, his age, he was between 18 and 26, and on his way to spy on these uh, Catholic girls, he found a cardboard box. It was seemingly just a cardboard box but when he got closer he just happened to look inside which i don't do that i don't look inside card like i'm not really hiking in weird places either but like if it were me and i saw a cardboard box i don't think i would look inside maybe it's like intuition like i don't maybe, maybe you're just like yeah. i really feel like there's something going on i mean i i don't know if you're gonna tell me but like why wasn't he look i'm assuming he was looked at as a suspect but like that's quite the fucking coincidence um, you know, it, they didn't say that they looked into him, but he did go to the police. Um, and I mean, and the, the FBI, the police, like this case has touched everyone. So if it was him, they probably I think pretty they, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know that they looked into him even without it, sure. finding it in my research, just because the FBI was involved. Like hmm. you gotta, you know. Gross. Trust, trust that someone would be like, let's look into the weird college guy. <laughs> sure. I just yeah. love that there are so many predators and we're like uh, two minutes into this story. I know. I know. <laughs> Great. Anyway. So, but yeah, so maybe it's intuition, though. That yeah. you, you're like, I feel like I need to look into this. Right. And so when he looked inside the box, there was a small corpse that had been wedged into it. He forgot about pe peeping that night, obviously. Oh, thank God. He was terrified. <laughs> Jeez. And, but he ran back to his car, waited until the next day to go speak to a Catholic priest and confess his sins. And the Catholic priest was like, you should call the police. See, I'm really curious about that because he could totally just say I was, you know, just say I was out in the field. You know, maybe I was going for a hike. Maybe I was going for a walk. Like, well, he actually did do that with the police, even though he admitted to the Catholic priest. And, you know, I... I I know that there are certain things, it's kind of like doctor-patient confidentiality, so I, I don't know if, I know there's some, like, legality where priests have to report, and I don't know if, I'm sure finding a dead body is one of those things, so I'm sure, like, if the priest was asked, he would tell the police the truth about what the guy was doing. In the 50s, probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, I would hope, maybe, because the priest did tell him to tell the cops, so, you know, there's that. Yeah, I guess I just still don't understand what the why you waited a whole twenty four hours like right? if you were gonna lie anyway. I just nothing is incriminating you. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. Well, and then he and I mean obviously we know that he was peeping, so I do believe that the priest told the police the truth. No, that's good. <laughs> just because we know what he was doing. Um, I'm sure those girls were like great. Yeah, so like I'm sure. Well, and I'm sure that wasn't his first time. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. But he told the police that he was chasing a rabbit through the weeds mm. and he stumbled <laughs> upon the box so i don't know that seems weird too but whatever yeah, not uh, my alibi but okay <laughs> yeah um oh macy you are kicking hard girl sorry she's more mobile since the last time we recorded so we're gonna have to play around with 
getting her entertained while we oh. report. <laughs> She's just growing so fast. She is growing. That's crazy. No, ma'am. Let's not grab the microphone. Um, thank you. Uh, so <laughs> there are so many cords and things to grab. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. So many fun things to play with. So um, the police went to go investigate, and this would be what started with a very heartbreaking story. And I mean, it's being not even it's not even ended this week or next week when they say the name like it's still ongoing. And it's so sad that it started at the end of the 50s. A couple of patrolmen went to the vacant lot the next day on February 24th and found the large cardboard box um, laying on its side. And it was open at one end. The box had at one point held a baby bassinet from J.C. Penney's, um, hmm. and inside the box was a small boy. He was pale, white, and his body was wrapped in a cheap um, imitation Indian blanket. Uh, they searched the lot, and 17 from the box, they discovered a man's hat made of royal blue corduroy with a leather strap and buckle on the back. Hmm. And an autopsy was performed on the boy by Dr. Joseph Spellman, who was Philadelphia's chief medical examiner. Examiner. I wish that was my last name. Spellman, right? Yeah. It's only with one L, though. It'd be cooler with two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But his report placed the boy between four and six years old. Um, The reason they couldn't pinpoint an age is because he was very very malnourished he was only 30 pounds so they couldn't he could have been older but just smaller sure uh, unfortunately and if he was malnourished he probably his teeth were probably decayed if he had any you know yes leslie you're predicting the future oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) spellman remember sorry (laughs) (laughs) exactly he's witchy um so he had blue eyes, light blonde hair, and it had been badly cut. So in some spots, the hair was longer and you could see jagged cuts. And in other parts, it was cut so short, it was practically to his scalp. Uh-huh. So definitely um, an at-home job done by someone who didn't know what they were doing. Or he was maybe like fighting them. And so that's why it was so uneven. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to turn my camera off. Hey. Oh, <laughs> I upgraded. I upgraded my internet. I have fiber internet now. So oh, well, well, we'll try it next time. Okay. I mean, I don't, well, I don't have a, a web camera, but maybe one day. One day we'll look at each other again. Uh, <laughs> um, he was 41 inches tall. And like I said, it, it says in the report, he weighed only a pathetic 30 pounds. Um, and the cause of death was a savage beating that left the boy's body and face covered in fresh bruises. Oh my goodness. There were older marks, including an L-shaped scar on his chin, a one-inch surgical scar on the left side of his chest, a round irregular scar on his left elbow, a well-heeled scar at the groin, and some uh, that was apparently from a hernia surgery. <gasps> And a scar on the left ankle that resembled a cut down, which is an incision used to expose veins for a blood transfusion. Oh my goodness. So what's crazy to me is this little boy has been nameless for so long when he's clearly had professional surgeries done. Oh my God. That, uh, so I didn't, like I said, I don't know very much about this case, but that's exactly right. How is there not a medical history? Yeah. Unless maybe the perpetrator just did it by themselves, which makes me really fucking sick to my stomach. Right. Like, so then it's a professional doctor abusing a child. Oh, mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't know. Um, so he had all of these things. He was circumcised, um, they pointed out, but he had no vaccination marks, suggesting that he had not been enrolled in public school because that's the time of his passing, it was a requirement to have vaccines um, to go to public school. Like for for real, for real, or is it like? Yeah, no. The for COVID freaking. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Like for real, for real. Like there, I don't feel like there were a lot of anti-vaxxers in the fifties. How funny, because so many anti-vaxxers are boomers, and this was like when they were right? fucking born. Yeah, so they're all safe and vaccinated. Huh. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. Um, so it left. Uh, he had a couple of other uh, details in his report, like the right palm and soles of both feet were rough and wrinkled, which suggested that they had been submerged in water either before or after death. Oh. Um, and then when exposed to ultraviolet light, his left eye um, glowed 
uh, a bright shade of blue, which um, meant that he had recent exposure to diagnostic dye used in the treatment of a chronic eye disease. So maybe like pink eye. What? Yeah. So he so it's weird. Like this little boy was beaten and abused um, and malnourished, but they got him drops for they treated eye. as pink eye. Yeah. For, Unless... Or some chronic disease. Yeah. Unless it was maybe like contagious, and so it was uh, for like a selfish purpose. I, but that is really curious. Like, yeah. yeah, why would they spend the money? Yeah, on antibiotics. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, eye drops are expensive now. I can't imagine what how expensive they were back in the day. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing too. Um, that is weird, and it's kind of weird too if you look at the juxtaposition. So, like, this boy was beaten and malnourished, but he, someone gave him a bath either before or after. Well, I'd be curious after to hide evidence or something, but... Mm-hmm. But if it was before, you know, and then, like, the cutting of the hair, it could be to hide something, but also, like, it just kind of shows... It, it's two opposites, almost like maybe there were two people, one person who didn't really give a shit and one person who kind of gave a shit. Yeah, I yeah. Well, I'm, I'm fine, or I'm thinking of scenarios in my head as to who would one be responsible for a little boy of this age, you know? Yeah. Like a mother-boyfriend or... A yeah. Partner type deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Just interesting. It is. The, uh, his existing injuries sound just awful. Yeah. And I'm just so curious, like a blood transfusion. I mean, yeah. How many people can say that they've had a blood transfusion? I mean, I for unfortunately am yeah, one. You're one of the few. Yeah. But I mean, normal people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, no, but exactly like, and he's only—he's maybe six years old, and he's already had one. Well, and that's something too—a maybe six-year-old with a blood transfusion. How were there no medical records in the area of that happening? Well, so that I mean, I know nothing, but I'm—I'm I'm on the train of right now that it's a like a local doctor, and yeah, maybe because I mean, you have to have knowledge to do that shit. Yeah, to go unnoticed. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Also, it looked like, according to Spellman, uh, the, the cause of death was head trauma, probably inflicted with a blunt instrument, but he could not rule out that damage had been done by pressure. Hmm. So that made some investigators think uh, it was fatal damage that had been inflicted by someone squeezing <gasps> the boy's head when he was given his last botched haircut. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, which sounds like a horrible, slow... <sighs> painful death unfortunately and a hateful and a intentional and i mean to to physically do that to a child no 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 i i don't like that at all i don't like that no it's horrible no absolutely horrible so detectives clothed the boy and photographed his battered face in hopes that they might be able to learn his name as they continued the investigation Now, this is what I think is super interesting about this case. The detectives and the people involved did everything they could do. Things that I, like, obviously, as someone who's not a detective, I would never think of doing. They were doing. Which is kind of crazy in, like, the 50s, you know, early 60s, that they were trying to be innovative for the time. Oh, yeah. So, like, just, and that's what I'm going to jump into next. Like, just, I'm excited to hear your thoughts because Mm. I was impressed Mm. with what was going on. Um, So first they focused on the box that had been used in the coffin. It was, uh, like I said, originally holding a baby bassinet from JCPenney. And there was one of a dozen received in November 20 on November 27th in 1956. And they were sold for $7 and 50 cents between December 3rd, 1956 and February 16th, 1957. So one of a dozen, like one of a dozen and like the local... Yes, JC in Penny? The upper, yep, so in Upper Darby, P- Pennsylvania, which was really close to where this boy was found. Okay, the, see, that seemed like a dozen. That's only 12. <laughs> yeah, that's only 12. Yeah. However, the store did not keep record of individual sales, and I mean the 50s, you know, sure. pretty much like cash. <laughs> if that, yeah. I checked yeah. that probably will bounce like seven days yeah. later, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the other 11 bassinets were eventually located by detectives. Oh my gosh. And so it just kind of went nowhere. That's crazy that they were able to locate literally every single one except this one. Yeah, in the 50s. That's nanners. And of course, there were no FBI fingerprints found on or that were usable found on the box. Okay. 
Which I can see. I mean, it was the fifties, so and boxes are pro- well, yeah. I mean, definitely no fingerprints. Yeah. They they probably don't even know what that is. But the box itself is probably filthy. Yeah, and well, and yeah, and if it's not usable, then anything that they did have was you know clearly smudged or weathered or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So then they looked at the blanket that he was with, um, and that was frustrating um it came from a cheap cotton flannel that had been recently washed and mended using um, cheap cotton thread Hmm. it had been cut into two separate unequal pieces and then wrapped around the boy the philadelphia textile institute institute determined that it had been manufactured either at sawanoa north carolina or granby quebec um sorry i did uh Letter Kenny. <laughs> uh, if anyone watches Letter Kenny, um, I just did. I just called Quebec Quebec because that's what they do. I thought it was just a, <laughs> like a typo of the mouth, but I was just I was no. just gonna let it go. <laughs> it was a joke. If you watch Letter Kenny, you'll get it. <laughs> I've watched like two episodes of that, and it looks funny, but it's. I have to watch it with subtitles to get the jokes, but it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. But anyways, uh, identical blankets had been produced by these in the thousands. Great, uh, and police were never able to figure out likely where it had been. I'm. There's just. It's so interesting. It, I'm just sitting here listening to all this. So I'm still a team. This is a doctor. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting because it's all cheap. It's all cheap cloth. It's cheap shit. So it's like, was maybe like the mom like a doctor's mistress or something like that? You know, I'm I'm coming up with a whole fucking scenario in my head. Or it was this boy came from a family where they didn't care about him. Oh, no, I don't like that either. Yeah. Like they're rich and wealthy and they take care of everyone else except him. him. Yeah. So that's sad. Yeah. Because I've seen photos and he just looks like a very sweet, very sweet little boy. Just a cute little six-year-old boy. Like, and I mean, and no six-year-old you're not going to look at and think that way anyway, so. You shouldn't. No. Yeah. If you do, maybe you should go to a doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, one where you can like go for an extended period of time. Um, and maybe evaluate like not having children if you haven't already had Please. them. Please, <laughs> um, vasectomy is snip snip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then so then we go to the hat that they found, right? The blue cap. Mm. So there was a label inside that led police to Robin's Eagle Hat and Cap Company in Philadelphia. Okay, seems promising. Yeah, the owner Hannah Robbins said that it was only one of twelve. <gasps> Talk about some numerology coincidences, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Made from corduroy remnants at the uh, at some point prior to May 1956. Okay. Hannah recalled that particular hat specifically because it had been made without the leather strap, but the purchaser, a blonde man in his late 20s, had returned a few months later to have a strap sewn on. So wait, so this one hat was like... There's only 12, but this... And then this one had these special leather straps. Is different than the 12. Mm-hmm. Because the guy came back and said, hey, will you sew some straps on this hat? How the hell is this case not fucking solved? Right? That's nuts. Um, Hannah told the detectives that her customer resembled photographs that she had sh- uh, was shown of the boy in the box, but she had no record of his name or address. Oh, so she thinks that he's related. The man was related to the boy. He looked like the boy. Ooh. But she didn't keep any records. Honestly, though, kind of bold of you to just assume Hannah. I mean, that too, <laughs> including if like this guy, maybe he like lost his hat and it had nothing to do with it because it was found like a little bit away from the box. Well, like, no, I don't. Setting that boy up. <laughs> I don't believe in that many coincidences, but I mean, like. You know, you can't rule it out. I get that's true. I mean, it's still not caught, which to me just seems like a super fucking... Right? Like, the police did all the right things. Yeah, that we know of. I mean, but really, looking at all these avenues and, you know, and having small numbers for two of these is crazy. Well, yeah, that's just pure fucking luck. Hold yeah, on, we've got a poop situation. Craig? I hate when that oh, happens. I where you went. <laughs> <laughs> Craig! Yeah, so she remembered this man looked like the boy in the box, all this stuff. So... This is what really I'm impressed with um, in this case that I would have, you know, as a novice couch detective, I would have Mm -hmm. never considered. So the Philadelphia police circulated more than 10,000 flyers of the boy in the box's photograph all through eastern Pennsylvania and southern New Jersey. So they were hitting like multiple states. Good. Um, No results were came of these 10,000 flyers. 
Great. So they went to Philadelphia Gas Works and mailed out 200,000 flyers to its customers with their monthly gas bill. Ooh, that's really smart. Isn't that like genius? Yeah, good thinking because everyone has a gas bill. Yeah. So you're so and you know, you have the addresses. Everyone's going to see this. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. Mm -hmm. And then while those were circulating, Philadelphia Electric Company, grocery stores, insurance agents and pharmacists, the Pharmacists Association were sending out flyers. So in all, about an extra 300,000 flyers. So 500,000 flyers went out in this area with the picture of this little boy. Which is so amazing. I mean, it really is amazing um, that people were so willing to help, but it's just sad because it's not fucking solved. (laughs) Like, it's just crazy how much effort and time went into this investigation by so many. Mm -hmm. And here we are, 2022. You know, it's just nuts. And we're just now finding out the boy's name. Which, in my opinion, is like, now I think the investigation can actually begin, right? Because we know who this little boy is. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's funny that you say that, because that's like literally word for word what the article said. Oh my god, I should be a journalist. <laughs> you should. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I have no writing ability. Um, so, unfortunately, five months after the boy was found, the authorities buried him, Um in Potter's Field near the Philadelphia State Hospital, um, which was a mental institution. And he is the only one with a marked grave in this area. Uh-huh. And it said, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. A lot to unpack. Um, very sad for the rest of the people that are yes. in unmarked graves. Yes. Talk about bad fucking juju. Um, yeah. How sad that mm-hmm. he they couldn't like afford to put him in a church or... yeah. Yeah, Somewhere. this is where, well, and I mean that, yeah, or just, I mean, I guess back then the, the graveyards were run a little bit more by the churches than, you know, you can just pick where you want to go now a little bit easier. But yeah, I, yeah, it's just sad. And obviously it's the state didn't have, know what to do. <laughs> right. So. Which, I mean, I guess, what do you do? There's this little boy <laughs> and everybody has tried so hard and. Yeah. Like, exactly. What do you do? Um, oh, so you, sad. you do what the state, you know, laws and things allow you to do, which unfortunately, I mean, at least he had a gravestone, like you said. Um, for, yeah, fortunate for him. Yeah, very sad. Sorry to everyone else that's in the yeah, same place. <laughs> right. Um, so the case went cold um, until November 4th, 1998. Wow. Yeah, he was exhumed in order to uh, get DNA samples. And the reason they were doing DNA samples was because they wanted to almost collect for future. Like, they were like, this is where DNA is going in the 90s. You know, someday we'll be able to use this. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Goodness they did that. Yeah, but unfortunately, when they tried to obtain DNA, it was not satisfactory and not enough to do anything about. Oh, no. So another attempt was made in 2000. This time they tried the boy's teeth, but that attempt also failed, like you said, um, if he's malnourished and not taking care of his teeth. And 2000, the year 2000 versus 1957. Yeah, almost 40 years later, yeah. Yeah, his teeth are probably, uh, they were, I should Just say probably, they were not useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh goodness. Um, but the police did not stop and there was a successful DNA extraction in April of 2001. Okay. Amazing. Good job. Yeah. So it was just, you know, investigators hoping to someday have science to help them with this case, which I think is amazing because there are so many unsolved cases that I'm sure families and loved ones of unsolved cases would love for all detectives to do this and just sit on it. And someday, hopefully something comes out. Well, and I definitely think, I mean, we've seen these cases get solved, right? We saw the Zodiac Killer case get solved, like, with DNA. We saw the Golden State Killer. Like, I just think it's... Shoot, even, like, Jack the Ripper was getting figured out. Uh huh. (laughs) Like, this is just the beginning. And now now it's, like, almost, you know, I listened to the Murder Squad prior to... Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, and, you know, they talked about how there were some police agencies that said, oh, we just can't afford it. And it's, like... That's not an excuse anymore. <laughs> I mean, no. if any, if this is readily available and you just have yeah. to give a shit to get it. Well, and I think, too, there needs to be like a federal level, too. You know, we have the FBI and all that stuff. There should be a federal level of literally all your job is, is to go all over the country and get DNA that will work from unsolved cases. 
Like there should be a department if there isn't one. I feel like maybe there is like some sort of a program like there's got it. Well, I know there's a program with retired cops that are looking into cold cases because mm-hmm. um, that's actually who worked on this case. Um, I have the in my next article, I have the name of that group. Oh, cool. But I'm saying like specifically there should be people going around getting DNA from mm-hmm. all of these cases, keeping things. And I know it would be a huge deal, but like it'd be making jobs and it would be helping so many unsolved cases eventually because so many things could have been figured out with DNA like we're, and you like you said we're finding out with you know 23 and me testing and all this stuff with grandkids of serial killers that didn't know that they're grandkids of serial killers <laughs> mm-hmm. wanting to find out you know what tiny region in Europe they're from I'm not gonna lie when I first did my test I was like am I gonna uncover some fucking secret <laughs> and then I went down the list of like okay who, if if I am about to uncover who is it gonna be <laughs> yeah you're thinking through your family <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know if that makes me a terrible person no but. it makes you an aware person <laughs> waiting you know three weeks after you get your results waiting for the police or FBI to call you <laughs> it makes me someone who has a true crime podcast yeah, that's exactly. what it makes me exactly I still haven't done one because my family is very like we're super Italian and I don't want to be the one that finds out the percentage just in case it's lower than oh, expected. No. <laughs> that would be sad. See, I was excited because my Scottish heritage was higher than oh, I expected. See, so I was... someday I'll do it. And if it's mm-hmm. lower, I'll just never tell my family. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty Italian. You look, you look and act pretty Italian. Yeah, but that could so. all just be because, you know. My, Mindset. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we say we're Italian, so we make it work. <laughs> like evolution exactly. your body just is like oh no we're italian yeah like you've said it enough we're, we're italian <laughs> um so in 1999 frank bender who was a forensic artist um and cool. came up with a new idea that he believed might help solve the case so he sculpted a bust that he believed could bear a strong resemblance to the dead boy's father just based on oh. face shape things like that um, and it was profiled uh, for a national television audience, audience on America's Most Wanted, but no leads were discovered. But it's an interesting, uh. w- anything to, you know, make it public, right? Do you do you have pictures? I, I'm Googling them right now because I, I want to just know. Um, I'll make, I'll see if I can find any. Um, I'll keep this article up so I can look up his name and see if maybe there's a sculpture. Okay, that would be so cool. Yeah, if we can find one, we'll definitely include it. There have been a number of theories because it is an unsolved murder. And there are two situations that um, were looked at as the most possible. So the first one was eventually ruled out, um, but it involved a foster home that was located about a mile from where the boy's body was found. Um, In 1960, an employee of uh, the medical examiner's office pursued this case until his death in 1993. So this man wanted to figure out this case. How sad. Until his death, is that what you said? So Until his death in 1993. So he, like, this case, obviously, uh, for good reason, stuck with him, and he wanted to figure it out. But sad that he he died, you know, still unknowing. Yeah, exactly. So he was contacted by a New Jersey psychic mm. who told him to look for a house that matched this foster home in the area. He actually brought the psychic to Philadelphia, and she led him straight to this foster home. I mean, it, it's a decent idea. It's not totally far-fetched. No, it's not. So the employee of the medical examiner, his name is Remington Bristow. Um, so Bristow refused to let go of the investigation, and he started investigating the case on his own. So on his own time, he was doing this. Hopefully it wasn't like a bad obsession type thing. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, I hope not, but I'm sure he just got obsessed with it too uh, like sucked in i yeah. mean you want to help solve this little boy yeah i mean i was trying to find the composite of his dad and unfortunately all the photos were of the little boy and it's like just that face yeah. his face makes you so sad yeah well and i mean they released pictures of his face when he was beaten too just to try yeah. to so, i unfortunately saw that yeah as well. and it's horrible it is it's terrible so bristow um refused to let this investigation go as anyone probably did i mean that's why it's probably been looked at for so long too it touches Mm. a lot of investigators that's a good point and so he actually discovered at an estate sale at the foster home a bassinet similar to the (gasps) one sold at jc penny what yep he also okay but similar but not the same it said similar yep he also saw blankets hanging on a clothesline that were similar to which the boy's body had been wrapped 
okay, I want to know how similar we're talking. I, <laughs> I mean, obviously like, someone who knows this case looks at those and goes, that could be the blanket and that could be the bassinet. Yeah. Like I hope that, you know. And he's I, not like tunnel vision going down like uh-huh. a one track mind. That's the, yeah. that's the hard part too. When you get so wrapped up in these cases. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So what they think happened, like why they think this little boy came from this foster home um, is because the man who ran the foster home that was believed to be kind of CD, and they thought he might have been involved in a sexual relationship with his uh, stepsister, or I'm sorry, stepdaughter. Oh, I say stepsister. I mean, eh, not great, but no, sorry, stepdaughter. Oh so God. Was, okay. And they believed he was in a sexual relationship with her, and she became pregnant. Mm. So they hid the boy, and they kind of kept him a secret until he died, accidentally. And then they thought the man disposed of the boy, so the girl would not be exposed as an unwed mother, which was, you know, frowned up whatever yeah. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the biggest worry <laughs> that they have. Uh huh. Yeah. So, all of this circumstantial evidence, like, really did lead the police to thinking maybe they had figured it out, but they were unable to find any real links between the family that owned the foster home and the boy in the box. In 1998, Philadelphia Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine, um, and he's actually still in charge of the investigation Mm. right now because he's part of that group that's still studying um, unsolved cases, interviewed the stepfather and the daughter, um, which gross part he had married. Are you fucking kidding So he married his... No, he did marry his stepdaughter. So, like, the rumors... How is that legal? I mean, it's a stepdaughter. So, you divorce her mom and marry her. I guess that's true. I guess, like, incest-wise... It's not. You they're know. not blood-related. But he's groomed probably this child. Yes. He's groomed this oh little girl. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Ugh. Okay, so they interview her. Sorry. Oh, sorry. My husband is also listening because he's entertaining uh, ravioli. So, he... This is some fucked up yeah, shit. Yeah, and he's, like, watching me like I'm just damaging our child (laughs) well it's so funny i was as you're like we were just you were talking and i was thinking how i was looking forward to or to having you know our our zoom or whatever our sesh Mm -hmm. because i was like god i've had just such a bad week Mm -hmm. and i this will just make me feel good and it's like wow this is a terrible story (laughs) yeah just talking to each other is the making us feel good not the story itself yeah the story is awful Okay. The interview seemed to confirm that the family was not involved, and they actually uh, approved a DNA test, and that ruled out the stepdaughter as the boy's mother. So the foster home theory was closed. And technically, depending on when the stepfather married the daughter, like if she was old enough to, whether she was groomed or not, if she was old enough to consent and all that, like they didn't follow up with anything else, unfortunately. It's just shitty because it's like, you know, this little boy is found not that far away. Mm-hmm. And it's like two terrible situations that are just unrelated. It's just sad that and the police, fig- yeah, stumbled upon both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you, it's like, who knows, honestly, what's going on, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. So that was theory number one. Theory number two um, emerged February 2002. So it was reported by a woman and she was only identified as the letter M. Okay. So she claimed that her abusive mother purchased the boy who was named Jonathan from his birth parents in the summer of 1954. And he was subject to, subjected to extreme physical and sexual abuse oh. for two and a half years. Oh, my God. Allegedly, her mother killed the boy in a fit of rage when he vomited in the bathtub. Oh, my God. And if you'll remember, his skin was wrinkled. <gasps> From being exposed to water, whether it was a bath before or after. Well, and if he was like tortured and his skin was so messed up, like maybe he was in the like being held in the bath for like hours on end. Yeah, maybe. I could imagine that. And she's a fit of rage because this little boy threw up while he was in the bathtub. I mean, if he's being tortured, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, he probably is vomiting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The woman cut the boy's long hair, which kind of went mm-hmm. in for the haircut Matches. um and dumped the body in the vacant lot m also went on to say that there was uh as they were preparing to remove the boy's body from the trunk a passing male motorist pulled alongside to ask if they needed any assistance and she said her mother actually had her go stand in front of the car to block their license plate at, so she could get rid of him and he could not take that information 
This also corroborated confidential testimony given by a male witness in 1957. What? So the police had never released this information. Well, and I was honestly thinking as you were talking, like, if this is false, what a terrible thing to say, whether it's a lie or truth. Again, just another coincidence of two horrific things happening in the same area. Or if, I mean... Sounds pretty legit. If there's if there's another little boy out there, like that's what you have to think of right. too. Like if it isn't this little boy, is it someone else? Which is just awful. Yeah. So the police were like, well, this is pretty plausible. But then they were troubled by M's testimony because she had a history of mental illness. And they didn't dive into what the mental illness was. Yeah, I would love to know the definition in the sixth year. I guess it was yeah. the 90s. So was it like depression? Yeah, she came forward in 2002. So... I would still be curious what the de- what they define as mental mm-hmm. illness. And honestly, if she did experience that, um, the poor girl probably does has have some illnesses. Yeah, because what a terrible thing to have to witness and yeah. be a Trauma. and be a part yeah. of too. You know. Well, and so then another kind of notch against M was the police went and talked to the neighbors who had access to the house and the neighbors denied that there had ever been a young boy living there and that M's claims were ridiculous. So. It sounds like the neighbors might have fueled the mental illness conversation with the police. Great. And honestly, it's like, if someone wants to hide something enough, they will. They will. Yeah. Like, I mean, shoot, even though that girl that escaped that that house uh, recently. Yes. um, And she said her friends didn't make it and neighbors had no idea. Like, bad people are going to go out of their way to to do bad things. Exactly. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean... If they don't want you to know, then you won't fucking know, especially in the, I mean, just especially now, but especially in the 60s when they're before ring doorbells, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There there was no, you didn't have phones, like videos. Yeah, like you go over and knock on the door and this little boy's like severely abused. He's, they're gonna tell right. him to hide and they're gonna tell him to be quiet. Like, and if he's being abused for, you know, two years straight and he was <sighs> sold to this woman by his birth parents, like, yeah, he's not going to he's going to have some, you know, mm-hmm. capture trauma and he's not going to make himself right. known if he can avoid it. And I mean, a six like at most a six or seven year old. No way. Like going against adults. No way. No way. Yeah. So now we're going to jump to uh, an article that explains what's happening okay. now and what will maybe come out this upcoming week, next week. Exciting. So it's been more than six decades since the, he was abandoned in Philadelphia. Um, and they have ad- identified the boy and they plan on the article was last updated on December 1st, but it was written mm. on November 30th. And it says okay. that the name will be revealed next week. So I don't know if that oh, means so this upcoming week or the week after. Um, sure. But we'll give them two weeks. How amazing for the community. I'm sure, you know, I, you watch these documentaries about these unsolved mm-hmm. cases and the people in the communities which are just affected by them. I'm sure they're just so looking forward to just having a name. You yeah. Know. And I, you know, if you believe in such things, I'm sure this little boy's spirit has been unable to rest. I mean, we don't even mm-hmm. know his name. He's, you know, yeah. he's among hundreds of graves <laughs> that are unmarked. You yeah. know, it's just, I hope this is some closure for his soul. Yeah, I, I agree. And hopefully some vengeance for the people that did this. Yes. To him. So the, it's called the Video CQ Society. And it's made up of retired law enforcement and for forensic professionals who examine cold cases. Amazing. So they're the ones that have been looking into it. Um, and a lot of retired professionals had interest in this case. Obviously, a lot of people have interest in this case because mm-hmm. it's unfortunately like the word is famous. Now where the little boy was found has developed into homes, which. Unfortunately, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, it, it gives you, like, the question of, like, what happened. Like, if you really get, get deep, think about, like, you know, our house was just a plot of land and what happened on it. And you could go as, like, far back as, like, where two T-Rexes fighting on this piece of land. Oh, yeah. I totally get a... Like, crazy. I get a boner over that. And, I mean, we both live in new builds, so it's not like our homes, mm-hmm. you know, could have no. had energy. But, like, I... The land. The land, yeah. And when we first moved in like i i got it blessed and i even said mm-hmm. it's not because i'm concerned about what's in the walls it's because yeah. of what's in the soil <laughs> yeah <laughs> you exactly. know yeah 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I saged our house and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, you don't want to mess with that stuff. So on what was Wednesday when this article came out, sources confirmed that police had finally identified the boy and found the child's birth certificate <gasps> through DNA evidence. Oh, how amazing. Okay. Offic- yeah, officials are expected to announce the child's name in an upcoming news conference next week. Philadelphia's police captain Jason Smith last year, just as detectives were on the verge of breaking the case, um, had said there have been rapid developments as it pertains to this investigation. Um, Smith told NBC he couldn't discuss the new revelation ahead of the scheduled news conference and had previously said that identifying the boy was just the beginning. So this is the part, Leslie, where you're thinking ahead. (laughs) Um, The investigation will start all over again, Mm -hmm. and then we'll start searching for a suspect. So you're right. They are, this is not anywhere near done. We, We just have a little boy's name and hopefully police and investigators can start, start from there. How amazing. I'm, I'm genuinely so excited to, to hear this little boy's name. And I hope that maybe if there's a birth certificate, maybe there are other photos of this little boy, not just, you know, as we know him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and two birth certificate, like, so that's going to lead to parents Mm -hmm. and like, unfortunately, like so much time has passed that I doubt parents are alive, um, but family members are and they'll, I feel like they'll be able to figure it out. Or at least fill in some of the gaps, you know. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. My family is like, is I say old. That's <laughs> the bad. That's not a great way to describe it. I mean, we talked about an episode that my grandfather is would have hit a hundred, right, if he were still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, even in my my mom's side of the family, there's not very many people left a living. But the people mm-hmm. who are alive have heard stories, and mm-hmm. you know, know of. Um, past family members where there's not necessarily proof on, but they've been told yeah. these stories. Same with my dad, you know, I, mm-hmm. so hopefully, hopefully the family will have some sort yeah. of clues or some, you know. Well, and I mean, even too, if they've got a name and a birth certificate and all that, hopefully like the, the people who were this little boy's age or a little bit older, they're older, but they're not, you know, gone. They'd be in their like sixties and seventies. Did isn't M still alive? I don't know. Cause it let it stayed at M, but I mean M had a lot of information that I hope that they. I mean, obviously, I bet they're gonna look back. On. Well, God, I would sure hope so. I did, you know, because it would be pretty amazing if now that we have the identity of this little boy, yeah, if, if M's story is correct, uh-huh, if we could somehow like link it, that would mm-hmm. be crazy and not crazy. That would just be <laughs> a turn of events, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, and um, the police kind of came out and they had another theory. Um, So they thought that maybe he was a Hungarian boy who came over in 1956 when they had the Hungarian Revolution. So a lot of people were fleeing Hungary. And, you know, America was still, at the time, the the dream that a lot of immigrants had. (laughs) So naive. Yeah, so naive. Well, and they had a lot of theories. They even thought that he was in the military because the Hungarian revolution i didn't look too deep into it but they did have children soldiers they thought (laughs) that this little boy was in the military at four and six years old Mm Hmm. oh my god and maybe that would explain why he has such horrific yeah yeah a blood transfusion all sorts of uh scars yeah it would it would describe what might have happened and why it was and why it was done professionally but if it was done in another country we wouldn't know about that and if there's like a revolution i doubt they Mm -hmm. kept medical records you know yeah (laughs) yeah that's true too (laughs) so interesting most of the tips and theories have been debunked which is why this case has never been solved Sources told NBC, and this again, it's kind of weird. They're saying they can't say anything until their press release, but a source told them something. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But sources told NBC that the most recent DNA sample finally led investigators to the child's identity. The source says the DNA traced the child to a prominent family (gasps) in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm so excited. I am. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that could also point at why he had so many professional surgeries done if they are a prominent family in the 50s. Doctors, I mean, and I shouldn't say still did because I'm sure, you know, very rich people like the Kardashians. Doctors do house calls. Yes, right. <laughs> for rich people. Like I, guilty pleasure is watching the Kardashians and Chris Kardashian had a hip replacement and her doctor came to remove her surgeries at her house. Her staples. So. Her yeah, stitches. Yeah, yeah, her surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, her staples. He removed her staples at her house. Well, yeah, and if they're prominent, it's like, I, and I really want to know, are, were they prominent in the 50s and 60s? Or were, are they prominent now? Are they prominent right now? You know, I, that is the question. Yeah, if they were prominent back then, then yeah, we know for sure that they, of course, they fucking paid off a doctor. Of course they did. Yeah. Well, and doctor did house calls. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm sure, yeah, exactly right. Like maybe the doctor was a family friend. Mm. all sorts of things and i mean we're we're learning so much about um the rich people of our country now with like the jeffrey epsteins and all of that icky stuff Mm -hmm. so like then the wondering too is like what if this person like what if this little boy wasn't a family like what if he wasn't born into this family what if he was sold to this family what if he was you know treated poorly because they paid to have a little boy be treated poorly like early stages of like human yeah. trafficking um, yeah wow okay yeah so that's how fucking interesting <laughs> I know. So we interrupt this Jack the Ripper (laughs) um, thing because this is a big deal. This is huge. And I think, you know, I think that it just shows, too, that if there are any unsolved cases, those murderers should be shaking in their boots because clearly science is finally catching up. The ideas, the theories, how fucking interesting and and complex and like dramatic can you get, you know? Yeah, right? Oh, man. I just, it's it's like opened up a whole new like thing to look into. And like, really, I mean, if you want to be optimistic, like they could solve this case in the next year. Hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. And I just, so before you said, you know, these people, these people who committed these terrible crimes, they should be worried because it's like your, your time is coming. And God, I, I need some positivity to get me through my life. And if that and that thought alone. Yeah. Like, what if that could be it? What if the white buffalo, you know, being witnessed? Yeah. Like, what if this is step one? Hell yeah, you know? God, we need a fucking re- reset. Let's get all these nat these shitty ass murders. And if they are still in power, this family, like if it does come out, right? Oh, crumbling down. Oh, crumbling. hell yeah. Like their whole empire just falling apart. Which like, isn't great for the people in the past that they have wronged and, mm-hmm. you know, but but well and i mean but it's still like if you if you look at it as more of a positive spin too so like there was a couple of i think it was months ago um they found the woman uh who claimed that emmett till like cat called her or whatever um they found her hell yeah she's going through court proceedings right now and yeah I don't give a shit if she's old as hell. Oh, no. Like, you are the reason that a uh, little boy was, like, again, another little boy severely beaten and uh, yeah. hurt. Is it, I mean, it was essentially her fault that he was murdered. I mean, yeah, because of a lie lied. that she said. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had to live with that, which clearly, like, I'm sorry, but if you don't turn yourself in for almost 50, 60 years, like, whether it, you know, kept you up at night or not, it didn't cause you to want to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think, I think some people just don't have a conscience, whatever that word is. I mean, I definitely do. Yeah, (laughs) I can't say it, but I have it. (laughs) Well, oh yeah, I definitely can't say it, but I'll lose sleep if I feel like, even if I feel like I'm doing something wrong, you know? So, so I think like, I really like, I didn't know about the white buffalo thing, but like, it, it all makes sense. Like, you know, we've gone through two really shitty years. Um, and you know, we've, I feel like it's almost like the pandemic was horrible and not a good thing at all, but it did help people hopefully recenter and like realize like, cause I mean, I know for me personally, it was like work, work, work. Like all I focused on was work and stuff. And like this pandemic was horrible and killed hundreds of thousands of people across the globe, but it helped me recenter and realize like, I do not need to be so obsessed with work. Like mm-hmm. work is not because everything was shut down and and the world kept turning. 
Right. We had to, everything just kept evolving, even if yeah. it felt like it wasn't. Like, yeah. days still passed, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it did a really good job of me recentering and like, and it was great that that recentering came before I had my child. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like, I do my 10 hours of work and I go home and I don't, you know, it, I, I don't care. <laughs> like in the best way possible, I want to focus on time with my kid. Which is honestly, husband. that's how it should be because we yeah. shouldn't live to work. We should no. work to, or no, we shouldn't. What, what is it? Yeah, we shouldn't live to work. We work to live, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. How interesting. Yeah. And on top of the white buffalo, I did see, again, because I just think my FBI boyfriend's like, oh, girl, here, let me send you <laughs> some you. some yeah. happy thoughts. So the white buffalo happened. And I guess like the volcano, like the ring of fire or something about like all these volcanoes going off in a week. Oh. Um, I don't know. When I Googled the ring of fire, I got a bunch of like pregnancy things and it was about like, oh yeah, don't read those. <laughs> well, I did. And I was like, I don't think this is what they're talking about. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there are like all these vol- um, volcanic like eruptions that have happened the last like oh. two weeks. And it's, so I guess everything is like aligning. I don't, I don't know. I, it's on my TikTok. I, sh- I should just keep looking into it, but um, yeah, I haven't been on TikTok today, but that was all I saw yesterday. So. God, we need it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, so I'm all for like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's a cleanse. Like, yeah, we need a fucking cleanse. Cleansed and hopefully like, I mean, I felt like I was really optimistic about 2022. So maybe like I'm being silly, being optimistic about optimistic about 2023. But hopefully something good comes out of all of this like crazy bad. And I mean, even just this, this is a beautiful thing to come out of. 60 years of nothing <laughs> of nothing and then all of a sudden we're about to learn this little boy's name i mean it's just yeah. and i mean a part of me wants like some validation for m as well because i yeah. really i'm stuck on the mental illness because what was that in 2002 like like and you said well and even if M's story doesn't end up being this little boy I'm sure M has experienced some sort of trauma. I don't think people, I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they do just say this. I just, what a terrible thing to just say if it didn't, you know, if it didn't happen. Yeah, I guess that's something I want. I want validation for M's story so that it's not another shitty person. Right. Getting attention. Definitely. Yeah. Honestly, and I think this is perfect timing because I'm pretty sure this is our last episode of 2022. Oh, yeah, is it? I'm, I mean, here, let's, let me just pull up my calendar. This might come out this Thursday. This might come (laughs) out this Thursday. Okay, so if it's not the last one, then it's the second to last one. But still, I feel like what a perfect time to have, to talk about like cleansing and the new year and. No, I agree. I, I mean, beautiful thoughts and hopes and I mean, and it's just, it's so. I can only imagine, like, to be a fly on the wall with these investigators yes. who are part of this group, who are retired, who are doing this. I mean, maybe they're being compensated um, in their, you know, a little bit, but I'm going to guess that most of this is done in their free time on probably their dime or maybe a little bit of help from the government because clearly, like, they're doing great things. But, like, just a bunch of, like, old cop types and investigators just getting together, and they're probably so hyped. Like, when they figured out this kid's birth certificate, like, can you imagine how crazy oh. they went in their, I'm just imagining, like, a little investigation room, like, them just, just like, the excitement. hyped. Yeah. Definitely. So, my my boss um, dated this man who was a, <coughs> excuse me, a former detective um, in Montana, mm-hmm. and he now works for the National, the National Association of Missing Children. Um, because his brother was kidnapped, um, assaulted and murdered when he was a little boy. Terrible, terrible. Um, and so they, he's a part of this kind of group that's like, um, retired law enforcement, but they go for like missing children. So if there's like Amber alerts, they'll go Mm -hmm. and, you know, take care of it. Um, and if it's similar to that program, yeah, it's unpaid. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. on a volunteer basis. They, they pay for their, I mean, I think there is like grants for like flights and transportation that's what i kind of assumed like they would probably take a percentage or maybe to cover a flight Mm -hmm. but i like i don't think derek received any like compensation for Mm. his time yeah um he actually i got to sit on on in on one of his um because he does all these big 
uh, like meetings, like I said, na- nationwide for law mm-hmm. enforcement for missing children. And I got to sit on one and he talked about a case um, that he worked and it was like, I was on the edge of my seat. I, like, I got really? paid to listen. I was amazing. Best job ever. I got paid to listen to this conference wow. um, during, yeah, during like my work hour. And it was just so cool though, to hear like a firsthand experience of, you know, these officers anyway, totally different kind of the same but different different thing um anyway so amazing and uh, yeah i bet they were just like ecstatic oh yeah they had to be to name this little boy yeah so um we will keep you guys in the loop um if this is the last one to come out in um 2022 then we can always post something you know we'll post a video on instagram or something like Mm -hmm. that um and just keep you guys um up to date and hopefully this starts the end of this investigation how amazing i'm so excited thank you thank you for um what great research enter the applause (laughs) i mean i think you this was like a 25 minute notice that you gave yourself and i think you did amazing well it is good that i had a little background knowledge i just had to brush up on it a little bit (laughs) no that is good because yeah see i didn't which is maybe bad maybe i should get into the like well-known cases but Mm, i mean you know it's it's a documentary I watched somewhere in, in my life. Like, there that's, you go. Like, like I've said before, my mom was super into Dateline. So <laughs> growing mm, up, true. I probably watched something in passing about this case and it just stuck. So I love that. Okay. Yeah. And we did this all before bedtime. I know. Yeah. So uh, Ravioli is getting uh, very good at being uh, sleep trained, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. But. Um, we start bedtime at 6.15 and it is 5.58. So we did it with some time to Snaps spare. for us. Yeah, so I'm not going to throw off her sleep and make my night miserable. No. <laughs> and we still, and we got the episode in. Like I said, maybe this will be released um, on, you know, on time on the 8th. Maybe it'll be released the 15th. <laughs> yeah. I don't Either know. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, this is coming um, and... You know, if it comes out and they've already done the name, then we'll post something about the name and you guys will have no idea what we're talking about. No, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, this is a full free podcast. So yeah. So it's a, it'll either be information after it comes out or a teaser for the episode. <laughs> Perfect. All righty, friends. Well, we will be coming back um, with more uh, Jack the Ripper uh, information. So mm-hmm. no clue. Um, no clue. But... but- can oh, I yeah. say? Yes, you say. Um, I know we were just trying to like do Jack the Ripper one after the other. <clears throat> yeah, I need something else. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I am drowning in 1888 Whitechapel. Yeah. So we m- might start throw in. Uh, well, it sounds like Leslie needs Please. to throw in um, other episodes. So Jack the Ripper will just continue. And once we have all of the episodes out, then maybe we can post something and... It'll be like the best binge when it's finally completed. Yes. Yeah. It'll be like the road trip fucking playlist of the yeah. century. So maybe we'll <laughs> post like what episode numbers. And if you yes. want to listen to it in a row once it's all oh, out. Oh, that's a good idea. Then, you know, you can have time to do that as well. So that's a good idea because the, the titles, it doesn't say like part one, part two. Right. So yeah, that's good thinking. Yeah. So we'll we'll do that. Um, you'll get a Jack the Ripper episode every other week. And then yeah. when we are officially done. We will post what how what to listen to to binge. Binge is perfect. perfect yeah. yeah, no. And I just want I just want your cases. That's all. I'm just asking for our every <laughs> other. I'll, I'll keep doing fucking Jack the Ripper until we get this shit finished. Yes. But yeah, but. I agree that I was like, I, we were on the same wavelength because Thank I really <laughs> was like, Leslie's been having to do a bulk of all of this information. So maybe I should call and just see if we should talk about something else. And oh. you literally were like, yes. <laughs> Honestly, it's not even the research. It's just the topic. Like I just yeah. need, I just need variety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets a little uh, stale and sad. <laughs> so, really sad. Really, yeah. really sad. Okay. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Six yeah. o'clock. Six o'clock, friends. So in 15 minutes, hopefully we will be blissfully getting ravioli to bed. Yes, you will. Um, But we will talk to you next time. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.